Today on Broadway for Tuesday, December 4th, 2018, I'm Broadway World's Matt Tamanini. And I am Broadway star's James Marino. James, um, I, I don't really have a ton to banter with today. Normally, I just, when you're saying, hi, I'm James Marino, I would normally come up with something there. I don't have anything specific, but I am getting a little stressed out about our uh, Broadway con thing. So <laughs> why? Tell me about it. Well, first off, um, I, I don't I, I just don't like being in front of people. So I'm a little nervous about that. But there's a lot of us. And um, uh, we, we've only got an hour. But did you realize that Peter Felicia is actually ba doing back to back panels? Yes. In that I room. Actually, I actually did know that he's uh, in a panel right after in the Sutton room. Uh, interviewing somebody who's got a, I think it's a West Side Story book or something like that. It's something about like masculine dancers or something. So I'm just a little worried that um, Peter is not going to be focused on our show because he's going to have something afterwards. So I'm a little worried um, not to question Peter's professionalism, but I think what would make me feel better is if we just knew that all of our listeners would be there and would fill up the Sutton room or Sutton hall or whatever um, so that we didn't feel like complete morons with more people on the panel than watching the panel. Well, if uh, you come to the thing, I'll give you a cookie. Oh, now everybody will come. Seriously. Do I get a cookie too? Uh, if you come, you get a cookie too. You get a cookie and you get a <laughs> you cookie can... and you get a cookie. You're the Broadway con Oprah. Yeah, if you're very nervous about it, I can make you a marshmallow hat to wear so that you can, you know, be shy yeah, about it. There's absolutely no chance in hell I'm wearing a marshmallow <laughs> hat. I can <laughs> guarantee it. I'm telling you, I, I, I foresee some sort of marshmallow on Broadway thing happening in five years, you know? I don't know what that's a reference to. Is that a Veronica Mars reference? Marshmallow? I don't know. I mean, I know what marshmallow is, but what's the, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. Do you know the performer named Marshmallow? I, I do not. There's oh, a performer. Oh, you should totally, totally Google Marshmallow. Yeah, as uh, okay. electronic music. Oh, okay. Yeah, and, I mean, and, I, and he's anonymous. He he wears a helmet, but oh, he, was like un, a he was on he was on he was yeah he exactly exactly he was unmasked at the VMAs a few years ago. Okay. So, yeah. All right. Well, see, I can I, I consider myself a Marshmallow as a long time original fan. Ah. Of the TV show Veronica Mars, but that's completely different. Yeah, that is totally different. Totally. Okay. All different. right. Hey, did we get an update on the uh, Seattle Fifth Avenue? I have not heard anything yet. Um, I, I checked the Seattle Broadway World page earlier today, and I did not. I will check it while we are talking. Um, oh, I, I saw a, an article that was it was a a former employee of the Seattle Theater uh, wrote something wrote something threatening on social media. And uh, uh, that's okay. why they canceled the show, but they arrested the gentleman. Uh, and probably not a gentleman. Probably not a gentleman. Probably not. Yes, okay. you are correct. He, the, the male. They arrested the male. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and the Annie went on uh, because the sun will come out tomorrow. Or for the evening performance. Exactly. All right. Uh, first up in the news, the reviews are in for the share show on Broadway. 
Yeah, James, we're recording at a little bit before 9.30 on Monday night. We do not yet have the all-important New York Times review or the usually more intelligently written Vulture review. Um, if anything oh. dramatic happens in either of those, we will pass them along tomorrow. However, as we discussed in, when talking about the theatrical schedule on yesterday's show, the Share Show officially opened on Broadway last night. It is directed by Jason Moore of Avenue Q and Pitch Perfect fame. Stars Stephanie J. Block, Teal Wicks, and Michaela Dimage as three different versions of Share. And it also stars one Jared Spector. You might know Jared Spector for playing every pop star of a certain generation on Broadway, whether it's uh, uh, Jersey Boys or... Um, beautiful, and now he's playing Sonny Bono. At some point during last night's opening night performance, he sent out a tweet, which is kind of bad form, you'd think. Like, hey, one of the leads of a show probably shouldn't be tweeting during opening night. Yeah. But but here's the tweet. Hey, at Kanye West. So cool that you're here at the Share Show. If you look up from your cell phone, you'll see we're doing a show up here. It's opening night. Kind of a big deal for us. Thanks so much. <laughs> Freaking Kanye, man. <laughs> I see the Sarah Holdren reviews out. Do you want to uh, take a moment to oh. read it? Yeah, sure. One of your hidden talents is your speed reading. So uh, <laughs> you read the Sarah Holdren review in Vulture. So tell us about the Share Show. Um, okay, first off, I love Sarah Holdren so much. If, if she, like, literally, can we just get rid of every other critic? Not every other one, because I like a lot of the other ones, but she's so great. Okay, so here's how she starts out her review in Vulture. She said, quote, is it possible to be brainwashed by sequins? I was so addled by the finale of the share show that I began to imagine a tiny spandex and spangle clad devil on my shoulder, poking me behind the ear with a diamond studded pitchfork and murmuring, shh, you're having a good time. Just believe. Nice try, but not today, sparkly Satan. The share show is not good. It's extravagantly, almost triumphantly not good. It's such a garish, obvious pastiche, such an unabashedly soulless explosion of wigs and trite memoir wisdom that somewhere in the midst of its overinflated two and a half hours, probably during one of its dips into stodgy life lesson sentiment between showstoppers, you start to wonder... Is this gusher of, of shamelessness the only thing that could have happened here? Is the show so ludicrous that it somehow transcended itself? Is it a victory for camp? It is Cher, after all. So, first off, what an absolutely beautiful lead. And I <laughs> honestly have never read a better review. But I think that's fair. A lot of the other reviews, James, tend to either focus on the fact that it's not a very good show or the fact that it doesn't matter that it's not a very good show. Let's go to Frank Rizzo writing for Variety. He said, quote, choosing to recreate the spirit of the television variety shows that Sonny and Cher and then Cher sans Sonny headlined in the 70s. is a choice that lands as flat as the jokes in Broadway's latest uh, jukebox musical, The Cher Show. Its attempt to celebrate the resilience of its badass star and her half century career of highs and lows rarely rises above that TV series taste for cliches corn and cheese despite an icon with attitude an armful of pop tunes and a can-do cast the script never quite finds a satisfying style or a genuine heart as a winning stage musical as Cher might say broadway's a bitch yeah i feel like that's actually their tagline for the show um david rooney from the hollywood reporter though said quote is the show good certainly not in the sense of a traditional musical theater craft would i see it again 
duh, already planning on it. Director J- Jason Moore's production, which breaks new frontiers on Broadway for bare midriffs, under boobs, wigs, and paillets, or paillettes, uh, unashamedly embraces its abundance of trashy, flashy, tacky, vintage Vegas kitsch. But it's also slyly fabulous and imbued with a plucky feminist spirit that's quite stirring, basically recounting the story of how the innately shy Sherilyn Sarkeesian stopped letting men tell her what to do and found the strength to run her own show. Allison Adato, writing for Entertainment Weekly, pretty much brought the truth of both of those reviews or all three of those reviews together when she said, quote, if you love Cher, there is probably nothing I could write here that would keep you away from the Cher show. No discussion of thin plotting, of costume changes, subbing for character development, or of retro har-har jokes will dissuade true believers looking for a bedazzled good times. And James, I think that's probably why this show is going to be healthy and wealthy for quite a while. Our friend Adam Feldman, just to wrap this up, gave, did give the show three out of five stars writing for Time Out New York said, quote, directed by Jason Moore, the show whirls through six decades at a dizzying pace that disguises up to a point that it doesn't have much to stand on. So it's another one of these shows. And I feel like we've had a couple of these recently, James, that if you just like check your brain at the door and just go in and like hoping to have a good time, you're probably going to get it. If you go in hoping to have more you're probably not. Sort of like the Joseph effect. Okay, explain. I mean, I understand, I'm, I understand where you're coming from, but elaborate, please. So folks who were big fans of Jesus Christ Superstar and then went to go see Joseph were like, oh my goodness, Joseph is nothing but fluff. But if you go into Joseph just looking for fun, Joseph is a ton of fun. It's not a serious show and it's not, you know, huge theater, things like that. So... You know, it's uh, yeah. one of those it. things. I, I have a feeling Joseph is probably a better constructed show than the Cher show is. Obviously, I haven't seen it, but just based off mm. the reviews. Uh, but I think you're right. Both I mean, bio it, musicals. It... <laughs> 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 Although I could claim, I think there's a certain population of people that would claim that uh, Joseph is fiction, but that's fine. Okay. Uh, we won't get into that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so it just depends on your own personal um, expectations when going to see the show. If you're okay with, as David Rooney says, um, a a new frontier for bare midriffs, under boobs, wigs, and paillettes, you'll probably be fine with that. If you go in and you're looking for what Alison Adato talked about, um, you know, with not having thin plotting and looking for character development and having, you know, actual substantive jokes, you're probably going to end up being disappointed. Hmm. All right. So, uh, how is Cher doing in last week's Broadway grosses? Um, overall, it's still uh, doing doing pretty well. We'll, we'll tell you exactly where it is, but uh, just to um, uh, to kind of uh, you know, not to bury the lead here in terms of the transition, it did gross over a uh, million dollars and was one of the few shows last week coming off Thanksgiving that actually saw a week to week increase. But unsurprisingly, as a whole, the Broadway grosses did take a bit of a tumble last week following Thanksgiving, but that, as we talked about before, was to be expected. The silver lining there is, though, that as a whole, they were up more than half a million dollars from the week that was before the holiday. So it stayed, you know, not a ton, but, you know, it was pretty even if you take the holiday week out. The collective grosses came in at $37,805,785, which was down 12.17% from Thanksgiving week, despite adding two shows. Well, 
Springsteen on Broadway came back for four performances and Celebrity Autobiography had its one show and brought in a grand total of $41,882. The boss, on the other hand, added $1,929,320 to the collective coffers. Just eight of Broadway's 36 returning shows, obviously those last two aren't included, um, actually saw week-to-week increases from Beautiful, doing what Beautiful does at the very top of this uh, this list, adding one hundred thirty-three thousand dollars down to the ferryman uh it added a grand total of 13 dollars. so it's still on the black but just barely <laughs> um the tourist heavy shows unsurprisingly lost the most from hamilton dropping 861,000, school of rock dropping 623k wicked at 603,000, then lion king phantom mean girls frozen aladdin cursed child dear Evan hansen my fair lady king kong come from away anastasia and the band's visit all losing at least two hundred thousand dollars from thanksgiving week despite that a respectable 16 shows crossed seven figures, led by Hamilton at 2.95 million, Lion King at 2.2, and Harry Potter at 2.02, followed by Springsteen, Wicked, Frozen, Aladdin, DEH, To Kill a Mockingbird, which actually added about $76,000 thanks to getting back to eight performances. Next was Mean Girls, Pretty Woman, which added 100 Gs, which I have coincidentally seen Sky Masterson roll for. Uh, Then the Book (laughs) of Mormon, Come From Away, Network, Share, and My Fair Lady. I was going to do more of that lyric, but it didn't feel good. I I didn't feel like I was in the moment there. Um, But other than Celebrity Autobiography's 42K, which would extrapolate to a little over over $335,000 if it played eight performances in a week, Head Over Heels was the lowest grocer again last week at just under $161,000. Torch Song was next at $220,459. Now, James, this show is scheduled to close in February, and obviously it has a connection to Second Stage, which is the owner of the Helen Hayes Theater where it's at. It started there off-Broadway, but this is a commercial run with commercial producers. So at some point, when you start looking at these grosses, you have to start to wonder how long this one will be around whether or not it will actually make it to its February closing date. The lowest open-ended show uh, that does not have a closing date announced other than Torch Song is The Prom, but it actually held up pretty well from Thanksgiving week, considering that every other show dropped a massive amount it only dropped a little bit over $800,000. So, uh, or not 800,000, sorry, that would have been a huge dip. It only dropped about 8,000, <laughs> uh, it dropped $8,000 to come in at 560, uh, 500, sorry, this is all over the place, $556,000. Waitress, which is less than a week away from saying goodbye to Nicolette Robinson without an announced replacement, uh, that they were up next with, get this, $600,001. And I mentioned Anastasia's big decline earlier. It fell from 879K to 652. So, James, we saw a rash of announcements midweek last week. um, And I think we're going to see a few more this week. I I think we'll see a mix of openings and closings because honestly, with real estate being as tight as it is, I feel like every single theater owner could have a new rental agreement signed, sealed, and delivered in less than five minutes for any Broadway house at this point, as soon as they say we're ready to go with a new one, I have a feeling they've got a producer on speed dial ready to rush over and sign right away. Yeah, I uh, I think that it, it just shifted back a few weeks. I think this this is what we expected to hear a couple of weeks ago, but uh, it's all starting to shake out now. So um, mm-hmm. we'll uh, 
we'll see. I I tend to agree with you with numbers like that over at uh, over at Sort Song that uh, we're going to have to have some announcements coming from them soon. Mm-hmm. All right, what do we have uh, in the recommendation section? All right, we'll close out the show today with two recommendations. The first, as probably uh, quite a few people saw. The folks over at Moulin Rouge released a 23 or 24, depending on where you saw it, second teaser trailer to uh, to go along with the fact that tickets are now available at Ticketmaster.com. All of the pre-sales are over. You can get um, uh, tickets now. And, and all the way up through November 29 or November of 2019. And James, I I've admitted how much that this show. Um, it is movie is important to me. It is very evocative to a very specific time in my life. Uh, it came out in 2001. So I was a sophomore or junior in college at that point. And it brings a lot of a very different eclectic emotions. And I felt all of them during those uh, 23 seconds. So that teaser trailer is phenomenal. So watch that. The other one um, that I absolutely loved comes from Broadway box. And it is a video um, of former uh, on my way to a BFA guest, Cameron Adams, dancing through her resume, which is a cool thing. She did. She's done like 107 Broadway shows and she dances the choreography for a bunch of them. She does uh, Music Man, Oklahoma, Hairspray, Promises, Promises, How to Succeed. Nice work if you can get it. She loves me. Hello, Dolly. And now My Fair Lady. Um, I, my love for Cameron Adams is, uh, is not a secret on this show. So there was a really cool thing to kind of see this, this person who's basically been go- going from one Broadway show to another since she was 17 years old, um, kind of do some of the choreography. So that was very fun. So check that out. Um, that's all the news we have today, James. I think we'll have more coming later this week. Um, so, uh, you know, keep your eyes and ears, uh, to the grindstone and, We'll have uh, hopefully a lot to talk about in the next uh, few days. All right, Matt, why don't you get us out of here? All right, thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWWMatt. And my name is James Marino from BroadwayRadio.com and BroadwayStars.com. Thanks for uh, spending some of your Tuesday with us, and Matt and I will be back and talk to you tomorrow. (laughs) 